It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It's a Thursday morning. You've got Joe Welke here to take care of you for the farm show. Bob's still down in Madison at the World Dairy Expo. But boy, I had quite an adventure yesterday. I went out to Granton and I caught up with some 4-H members, did a 4-H on the air, and also did a program with some talented young ladies that are going to state in the equine department, in equine, the horse department. It's a school-sponsored program, or I guess they just do it through school, but yet they're independent. But they went and they did a bunch of games and contests and they qualified to go to state so kudos to them um, great job we'll be hearing from them sometime soon i don't even have it downloaded off my phone yet but we'll get it there and then i went to nielsville and i did an ffa on the air with a new a teacher there carla Byrne. And boy, those kids are excited. It's good to see so much excitement in the egg department. Um, she's got full classes. She's actually said she's doing an overload. So that sounds, I know that's a lot of work, but it's so good to know that there's so many kids that are involved in it and getting, getting this stuff going. And then to, well, kind of wrap up my day, but I guess on my way home, I stopped out to four sprouts. They grow pumpkins, lots and lots of pumpkins. They're between Christie and Greenwood, five miles. They're on 73, five miles from Christie and three miles from Greenwood. And she told me that they're down on numbers this year. They only had 23 wagons full of pumpkins, and but they had sold enough, so they were down to 18 wagon loads of pumpkins. They had orange ones, white ones, bumpy ones, funny-shaped ones. They had gourds, squash, so much stuff, and really nice pumpkins, too. If you ever come to the office here, I bought some extras, so I can do some decorating here. I got the approval, so I brought some pumpkins back here. I also dropped some off with my grandkids, and and but just... The quality and the price is very easy to live with. So that's four sprouts that are on Highway 73. And if you drive by, there are wagon loads and wagon loads of pumpkins. They also have some photo opportunities out front. And I thought that was pretty pretty neat for uh, uh, the Burns family to do all that stuff. And the reason they start, they actually grow 20 acres of pumpkins and squash and gourds. And the reason they started it was to help support their kids get through college. She said it didn't quite pay for all of it, but boy, it sure helped them out. And now they're using those funds to make uh, accounts for their grandkids to help them through college. It's always nice to see people having a vision and going out there and working hard and getting stuff done and, you know, doing it for somebody else. But shout out to Georgie out there. She was extremely helpful. I said, I'm just going to fill up the back seat and you tell me what I owe you. And I was, I'm just really love the pumpkins that I ended up with. And I know my grandkids are going to have a good time carving them up and having a good 
having a good time with them. My and then I actually stopped at the Osu Fairchild Schools and I got an, an interview about an event they have coming up here on the fifteenth. So we'll hear a little bit more about that later. I even picked up some feed. <laughs> And I had to drop some off at one of my pastures because it's time to catch them. Tonight is the night that we're going to be catching them up and bringing them home. But let's get back to the work here. I know I had a busy day. We all do. Our weather today, the high is 56. And that's what temperature we're at right now. But we're supposed to be getting more. It's supposed to be getting windy. And there's a slight chance of rain. But otherwise, it'll be partially sunny tonight. 33 tomorrow 48 cool partial sun tomorrow night we're supposed to dip, be dipping down to 29 degrees at night then we're going to pop right back up saturday is 59 sunday monday tuesday are getting into the low 60s and middle 60s and then wednesday even to 67 and partly cloudy on those days so here we are wax 104.5 as i said jill here to get the chores done we better get started. And we're nearing into 5 o'clock, and I didn't even talk about what's on the news department. We're going to talk about some of Randy Romance, Secretary Randy Romanski's adventures, grain prices, and ear tags. If you've, ever try, if you've been trying to order ear tags lately, there has been a backup. I know personally we tried to order for um, weighing in steers, and boy, there was like, I don't know, a six-month backup get these ear tags made so Merck Animal Health is opening a new ear tag manufacturing facility and hopefully that will help alleviate some of the backup and get that going I also are going to be hearing from Jessica Jens she's from the state 4-H she's a state 4-H specialist I caught up with her and I found out about what the state that 4-H is in after COVID and how the state supports the 4-H program, and it was a, I liked it. It was a good conversation. I like hearing about how people are coming together and what's going on. But we're at 5 o'clock, almost a minute after. We're going to be hearing from some national news. President Biden says the damage from Hurricane Ian is immense. Everything is historic, uh, titanic, and unimaginable storm just ripped it to pieces. Speaking in Fort Myers, Biden said the federal government will remain in Florida until the state has fully recovered. The president said the preparation done before the storm hit the Sunshine State was vital to saving lives. Biden added power company workers from all across the country came to Florida to help restore electricity. He said his administration is working day and night to ensure that every family that needs help gets it. A federal appeals court is going to expedite the Justice Department's appeal over a special master reviewing documents seized from former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Ryan Shook reports. The DOJ previously had a small win when the Atlanta court agreed to partially block a judge's order to stop federal investigators from reviewing 100 of the records taken in August. The one-page order calls for the case to wrap up by November 17th. I'm Brian Shook. Vice President Harris says Americans don't need to abandon their faith in order to support abortion rights in the U.S. Speaking at an abortion rights conference in Connecticut, Harris argued faith shouldn't keep people from agreeing that the government shouldn't have a right to decide what a woman does with her body. 
Her statement came after President Biden faced criticism for his stance on abortion over the weekend, after tweeting his support to codify the right on the federal level, despite being a devout Catholic. California authorities say they have found the bodies of a family of four that was kidnapped at gunpoint Monday. The man and a woman, their eight-month-old baby, and the baby's uncle were taken Monday from their trucking business in Merced. A man now in custody is a person of interest. The relatives of 48-year-old Jesus Salgado says he admitted to being involved and then tried to take his own life. And jury selection is set to take place Thursday in the sexual abuse trial of actor Kevin Spacey. Spacey is accused of sexually assaulting a 14-year-old boy at a party in 1986. He's apologized previously for what he called any deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. I'm Mark Mayfield. It's time to take a look at some temperatures around the area. We're sitting in the 50s. Awful. No, no. All the spots I looked around the state. Eau Claire, 56. Medford, 53. Rice Lake, 57. Wausau, 54 and partly cloudy. Green Bay, 56, partly cloudy. Marshfield, 51 and clear. Wausau and Madison, 56 and partly cloudy. And Milwaukee's the hot spot at 58 and mostly cloudy. You know, you don't say that very often on the 6th of October that we're on the 50s for the start of our day. We've got to get through some more chores, and then we'll be looking at the markets. We'll also get to hear from Bob and his adventures down at World Dairy Expo. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to just start in on our market, sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to start with our cash livestock. Choice-fed beef steers are 142.5 to 163.5 with mixed at 115 to 142. Choice-fed beef heifers are 143 to 159 with mixed at 110 to 142.5. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 127 to 137 with select and silage-fed steers 72 to 126. Cows are 65 to 105 with bulls at 72 to 111. Butcher hogs are 71.5 to 86. Sows are 43.5 to 63. Boars are 20 to 25. Shorn market lambs are $1 to $1.05. Unshorn market lambs are 92 to 105. Feeder lambs are 75 to 205. Ewes are 70 to $1. Small goats are 25 to $120. Medium goats are 50 to $250. Large goats are 50 to $350. And nanny goats are 25 to $245. And let's look, take a look at our futures. The live cattle for futures in October is 144.67.5, up 47.5. December, 147.92.5, up 42.5. For February, 151.75, up 50 cents. For our feeder cattle for October, 176.55, up 190. For November, 177.32.5, up two and a uh, little over $2. For January, 178.75 cents, up $2. And our lean hog carcasses for October, we're at 90.80, up $3.80. December, 76.50, up a little over $2. And February, 78.87.5, up a dollar sixty. Those markets are really moving around on us. And well, let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December's six eighty two down one and a half cents. December oats is at three ninety nine down two and three quarters. Soybeans for November is at thirteen sixty two down six seven cents. Soybean meal for December is three hundred ninety eight dollars a ton. 
down four cents. Wheat for December is at nine dollars and eighty-four cents, down five and a half cents, and those markets are all trending downward for through the end of the year. And cheese barrels are at two twenty-two and a quarter, down a half a cent. Forty-pound blocks are two hundred two and a quarter, up two and a quarter cents. Gray double-A butters at three twenty-four, up three cents. Class three milk for October is twenty-two eleven. Down fifteen cents. November twenty one eighty four up four cents. December up six cents to twenty one twenty nine. January twenty seventy nine up twelve cents. And February up ten cents to twenty sixty five. And after a little dip in October, those markets are trending upwards. We're gonna do we're gonna do a few more chores, and then we're gonna be hearing from Bob down at World Dairy Expo. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. It's Wednesday already at World Dairy Expo. That means this year the show is well underway. And one of the activities that happens every year at World Dairy Expo is the World Classic Holstein Sale. Tom Morris has put that on for how many years now, Tom? Well, it's well over 30, Bob, I guess. That's what they tell me. I do know, I just got informed that it's the highest grossing sale of cattle in the world. The sale series, the World Classic, which is... Kind of neat. It really is, but there's a reason for that. You've got a group around the country that goes and looks for the top genetics. What's the emphasis this year? Well, it's still a cross-section to the great show heifers, the tremendous pedigrees, and then we have to be involved in the genomic end of it, uh, and that's becoming very popular. So you're right. We've got a bunch of people. They look. People want to get in the sale. One of the biggest problems we have is turning cattle away, and that becomes very difficult. But this year's lineup, I think it's second to none of anything we've ever done here. We'll know a lot more about 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Yeah, it is changing. It's always been Friday night, but obviously by Friday night, this show will be over. But uh, normally this is a, a female sale. we got... I know at least one bull from our area in western Wisconsin is going to be in here. Right, our friend and neighbor, Matt Johnson, down at Baldwin's got a free agent bull selling, and he's awful, awful special. In addition to that, we've got one of the highest genomic jersey bulls ever sold at the auction, too. So there's two bulls, which is a little different than we've done for a few years, but it's a changing business, and we keep trying to keep modern. How much does the genomic effect change and make it a little different to look at these cattle? Well, the genomics cattle uh, maybe aren't going to win the shows, but they're awful popular in the commercial end of it. And they're just getting better and better and better every year and every generation. And we've got not only, I see young calves, I see uh, mature heifers out here. It's, it's not strictly one age category this year, it doesn't look like. No, it, it, that's something that's changed to, uh, what, way over half of them are not here and selling an absentee uh, just because that's a new way of doing business. And they'll be on the Internet with cow buyer, and things change from the old days. I was going to say the old days, I remember watching you sell and watching Japanese buyers show up with a briefcase full of money. That doesn't happen anymore. Uh, not so much. They sell around the world, but the cattle stay here, and, of course, all they do is send the embryos to the other countries. 
what interest have you had from other parts of the world and, and around the United States as far as people looking at these cattle that you do have here at Dairy Expo? Well, pretty much there's an awful lot of interest when you have a line up here. And across North America, we have a lot of people looking at it. And then South America has been very kind to us over the years, as has Japan and uh, Western Europe, of course. Uh, so we never know till the gavel comes down. As you look at it, though, you're 30-plus years here at World Dairy Expo with the World Classic. As you get closer to sale time, does it uh, get your juices flowing a little bit? Uh, a little bit. It's a little early in the week for me to get that way. You've seen me that way before uh, the kickoff time. So, yeah, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Now it's uh, a little low time, but we are seeing an awful lot of people asking an awful lot of questions about the cattle selling. How many selling in total? Uh, you should ask somebody that knows. I'll ask wife Sandy. She'll tell me as it gets going. But, uh, Tom? I'm going to guess 52. All right. We'll take that as the sale number 52. The World Classic Holstein Sale Thursday night this year at Dairy Expo. Not Friday because the schedule has changed. Tom and Sandy Morris have put this sale on for, well, since 1989. Looking for good cattle? This is the place to be Thursday night. At World Area Expo with Tom Morris. At the show in Madison, I'm Bob Bosold. And that's a little update on the da- Holstein show or Holstein sale that's going to be happening tonight down at World Dairy Expo. Great group of Holsteins out there going to be happening. We're going to do just a story here, and then we got to do some more chores. Catching up to me. Last week, Wisconsin Department of Agriculture's Trade and Consumer Protection Secretary Randy Romanski took part in the 2022 National Association of State Departments of Agricultural Annual Meeting. Federal government officials, along with state secretaries, commissioners, and directors from across the country, participated in the ag policy discussions. Still growing was the theme of the meeting. Romanski shared Wisconsin's current investments in agriculture that are coming uh, from the state level that include the Meat Talent Development and the Wisconsin Initiative for Agricultural Exports. He also participated in discussions related to animal health, food safety, and international trade, policy amendments, and actions items related to the need to fund mental health programs, investments in nutrition, food security, were discussed and then passed by the group. Members of the group also discussed 2023 Farm Bill priorities that include the need to support conservation and climate resiliency, investments in local food systems, and funding for agriculture research. Romanski stated that he is looking forward to continuing to work together with the members of the group and the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service in the future. That's a little bit of a look at our news. I've got to get back to some more chores. And then we'll be hearing from Jessica Jens, State 4-H. Hey, I caught up with Jessica Jens. She's the State 4-H Program Associate Director. There's been a little bit of shakeup with uh, 4-H, it seems like, with some of the COVID stuff and the closed downs. But I feel like we're kind of getting back on track. What are those numbers doing? Yes, our numbers... Um in 4-H have rebounded since our, I guess, our COVID years, um, when many youth organizations throughout the country really saw a dramatic decline in their enrollment numbers. So we are just about to where we were in 2019. So we have 24,000 youth enrolled in 4-H right now. The really 
um, exciting part when you dig into some of those numbers is that about a quarter of those members are brand new to the 4-H program. So those are our first-year members. So excited to see the enthusiasm and the growth uh, in the program, and we anticipate those numbers rebounding even more and continuing to grow in the years ahead. So how has the state supported getting those new members in? Have you done some adjustment to interest to get them in? Yeah, I mean, the 4-H program is a local model. It's a local community program driven by our amazing 4-H clubs and our volunteers and our youth and our county educators. What we do on the state level is try to um, provide resources to our county colleagues to promote the 4-H program. But in, in in addition to that, this year we're very excited that Extension has committed some significant resources to promoting 4-H throughout the state. Here in September, we launched a digital marketing blitz, I guess you could call it, (laughs) um, throughout the state. So, So those of you who do some streaming services or have different types of internet television that you watch, like Roku, you may have seen some advertisements for Wisconsin 4-H already. And then as the weeks go on and as the fall goes on, particularly when we get into October and National 4-H Week, you'll be seeing um, ads about Wisconsin 4-H on social media and on different platforms. In particular, we're targeting with those social media ads our families who have third and fourth graders in the state of Wisconsin. We know that that's a really great time to get involved with 4-H, to um, help set up your child for a, a really wonderful experience to help them grow and develop into a contributing member of our community and a, and a leader. And so we're very excited about that. All of those marketing materials, all of those uh, calls to action, those clicks of get involved now, do direct folks to an interest form, which then directly uh, gets forwarded to our county educators in the county that they selected, where they then are the ones that can help that young person, help that family get connected to the 4-H program in their community and the specific opportunities that they have for them. So the state kind of looks like the broadcaster and trying to get interested members focused into a certain county? Yeah, exactly. So our 4-H program is is located in each of our counties. And so my kids are in, in a county program in a local 4-H club. So at the state level, what we do is really try to support and partner with our counties to to bring in statewide resources to support their local 4-H programs. Exactly. Do you think some of their growth in numbers has to do with those educational experiences coming back? Yeah, we're very excited for that. It's been very sad for me in particular with my kids at a ripe age to uh, to be part of our educational experiences in Wisconsin 4-H. They've always been those trips um, out to um, Washington, D.C., space camps, arts camps at Upham Woods. Um, those have been a big part of a lot of our 4-H members uh, growing up, a lot of a big part of their life where they've explored their sparks. And so we're excited that finally we're able to bring back a robust selection of those educational experiences for our members, which then also gets them more involved in the program. And we know that the more engaged you are, uh, the more likely you are to stay. And we know how important older youth are to our 4-H program. They serve as our role models and mentors. And they're really a key leadership component of our, 4-H, our local 4-H program. So we want to keep them involved as much as we can. 
We're going to swing over and talk a little bit about the tradition of having those 4-H educators in every county. Is that going to continue in the future? That is absolutely our goal. So it's it's a little bit complicated, so I can't say, you know, uh, paint uh, every county exactly the same. We have 72 counties in the in the state of Wisconsin, and when Extension staff those counties to provide a 4-H program, it's in partnership with those counties. And so what we need to always do is to build those relationships in each individual county, hear what their needs are, their interest in um, the size and scope of their 4-H program, and then Extension partners with those county governments to bring in an educator. And every time um, we may have a retirement or an educator leaves and goes to a different county or, or just decides that they're, you know, it's time for them to look at a different profession, then those conversations occur again. So the staffing model that um, a county may have now may be changed. Um, in the future, and but it's always based on conversations with the individual county and the local needs that they have. But we absolutely, our intent is to provide county educators in, in every county in the state of Wisconsin. And if we can make that happen, that's what we want, because that allows 4-H programs to be in every county in Wisconsin and um, allows the youth of those counties and those communities to have access to this incredible youth development opportunity. So Wisconsin is continuing to focus on the individual counties. Is there any talk of going to the regional model like our neighbors in Minnesota did? Well, that's a great question, Joe, and I'm glad you asked it. No, um, it's been said very clearly by extension leadership, um, by the 4-H program, that uh, in Wisconsin we are not interested in exploring a regional model of providing 4-H. So uh, our intent is to continue to provide educators to serve County programs. Okay, so we looked into the traditional. We looked a little bit into the future. Can you give me any big, exciting news that is going to be happening farther into the future? We have a lot of things on the docket. We are finally. Uh, pretty close to fully staffed at the state, the state level, which is allowing our educational experiences to come forward. We are relaunching, like I said, a lot of those, those trips, base camp for the first time. Um, but in the future, wow, that's a great question, Jill. Where we are right now as a state is our county educators are, are working to rebuild their programs, but then really our excitement is looking at um, how do we grow the program on a, on a local basis in our communities? How do we decrease barriers for folks to come into the 4-H program? I uh, like to talk about first-generation 4-H families. M- um, myself and my husband are not first-generation 4-H families. There's a long history of 4-H involvement in our, in our family from generation to generation as our children are involved now. And so as you, you know, think about that, it was really easy for us to get into 4-H. We already knew all the lingo. We understood how clubs worked and projects. But what we really want to focus on is continuing that support, continuing those 4-H experiences, and then expanding and growing the program so the more families who maybe never even heard of 4-H are interested and see themselves in the program. So I think what everyone out there should get ready for and see, and they're probably already seeing this in a lot of their communities, is what additional opportunities are there to get involved in 4-H? Are there more 4-H after-school clubs? We even have educators who are starting to work in classrooms with teachers to bring 4-H into the classroom, and that's a pretty neat opportunity as well. So 
many layers, uh, looking to add layers on to the ever-growing 4-H program um, and building off of the amazing tradition that we have. Is 4-H going to look more different in the future? So I guess that depends on your definition, but my initial reaction to that, Jill, is no. Um, You're still going to see 4-H clubs. You're still going to see 4-H members serving their community through community service. You're still going to see 4-H members exhibiting what they've learned all year long in their projects at the county fair. Um, What I hope you see is that there's even more opportunities to be part of the 4-H program. So to me, that's not different. To me, that's just adding branches to the tree of of 4-H and... um, adding all that energy and excitement that goes with it. And that was Jessica Jens. And learning a lot more about 4-H. I have been a 4-H leader, at uh, general 4-H leader for our 4-H club for 22 years. I'm stepping back a little bit farther than I have in the past, but it is so good to hear 4-H growing, expanding. And, you know, just it reaches out to so many youth and it, involves the adults and adults can share their talent well we better get done with that and do a little bit more chores and then we'll be hearing from rocky and premier livestock keeping it rural wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report i've got rocky on the line and premier livestock's been a busy place this week yes it has yes it has and we we're talking a little bit about the winds picking up and and missing those deer out there. So when the wind really starts blowing, those deer do start moving off a lot, don't they? Yes, I would say this will, this weather front we got coming in is going to get them on their feet. That's for sure. Like you said, uh, uh, watch out when you're driving. I'm sure they're going to start moving. Absolutely. Well, what happened at Premier yesterday? Uh, thank you, Jill. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We sold 220 head of dairy cattle. Uh, market was a little bit lower this week. Uh, a lot of farmers out there farming, obviously, but the top cows sold very well. Uh, top Supreme Fresh cows brought 1,700 to 2,500. Many other cows from 12 to 1,675. Top quality spring and heifers, 1,200 to 1,650. Next week, Wednesday, we got two tie stall herds. Uh, one of them herds being a very good quality herd of cattle. Uh, they're going to be 75 head in that herd. They got an 83 pound tank average, been AI forever. Uh, also, we got a load of fancy fresh registered two year olds. They're all parlor freestyle. Another load of registered fresh. Uh, two to four-year-olds, and we got some fancy reputation registered Holstein breeding bulls. Pictures of those bulls will be on our website soon. Very nice bulls there. Quick market recap for the week. Uh, top Holstein fed steers uh, traded a little lower this week, 126 to 137. Uh, market cows a little lower this week, high-yielding cows 76 to 93. Market bulls high-yielding 96 to 108, topped at 102. Most of the newborn Holstein bull calves selling from 100 to 145 per head. Your beef calves mostly 150 to 375. Feeder cattle auction held this Tuesday, also our customer appreciation day. Uh, we sold 965 head of feeder cattle, most of the new crop beef calves from 145 to 230 per pound. Those heavier yearlings mostly 130 to 185. Most weights, most classes of Holsteins uh, from 115 to 153. Bred beef cows traded mostly from 1,000 to 1,650. 
Uh, we sold some cow-calf pairs up to 1,900. Uh, did have some registered Charlay cows bring from 2,200 to 3,400. They were due for the spring. Uh, one of them, uh, $3,400 cows, had a 390-pound heifer calf bring 1,700 bucks. Uh, questions? Give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500. Check our website at PremierLivestockAndAuctions.com for full detailed market reports, uh, upcoming consignments, upcoming sales. Don't forget machinery auctions coming up here in November. Uh, we know y'all are busy, but uh, certainly uh, for us taking pictures, getting advertising, we've high time that we do get the equipment in, uh, and we will be taking consignments until we are full. So that's the way it shaped up, Jill. Sounds like you're selling cows of all different sizes over there. All I tell you, that's one thing we do got. We got variety. <laughs> variety. We don't. We don't charge. We don't. Don't charge admission either, so sometimes it's pretty entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good. Well, Rocky, have a great day and a great weekend. Uh, You too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We're going to slide on over and see Mike. You're going to see me? I thought you only heard me. Well, you know, (laughs) I've been a mom for quite a while, and you got eyes in the back of your head, and, you know, I think sometimes you can see through walls, and I was was in the school system, too, for 15 years, so. Oh, boy. Well, yesterday was World Teacher Day, too, so there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they they sure do deserve an awful lot of shout-outs out there, boy. Oh, absolutely. More than just one day. My my wife's a teacher, and... uh, yeah, she puts in some long hours. We'll say that much. <laughs> well, and just um, and I truly enjoyed when I when I was there, mm-hmm. and it's just fun to see when a kid gets it. Absolutely, yeah. Or if they're just, you can talk to them and they just appreciate it, and they know you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a very rewarding profession, at least from what I can see uh, from Anna. Anyways, uh, you know, it, again, very rewarding, and they need uh, they need more than one day for appreciation. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, today, well, we can appreciate the fact that we have a warm start to the day, but uh, it is going to cool down from where we're at right now. Uh, And we do have a chance at a couple showers, but I think that uh, most of those will start to fizzle out through the mid-morning hours. And uh, temperatures will actually fall to the upper 40s by the late afternoon. Later tonight, partly cloudy and uh, start to clear out a little bit more through the overnight as we dip to the low 30s for our overnight lows. May start off tomorrow with some patchy frost, but otherwise a bit of sun, good bit of sunshine, but only into the upper 40s for our highs and into the low 30s and some upper 20s once again tomorrow night with mostly clear conditions hanging around. And then we start a little bit of a warm up through the weekend. Good bit of sunshine both for Saturday and Sunday back into the upper 50s and low 60s. For Monday into the low 60s, more sunshine. Tuesday does bring us a slim chance at some showers into the upper 60s once again for our highs. And a better chance at some showers Tuesday night into Wednesday. Mostly cloudy for Wednesday with highs into the mid-60s. Right now, there's a few showers across western Wisconsin, some of which have produced a few flashes of lightning. But right now, a temperature of 57 degrees in Eau Claire. That's what I said when I got up this morning. I'm like, whew. Not so cold out here. Yeah, not yet, but uh, tomorrow morning is going to be uh, vastly different. Well, I got to move some cows around, so it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be fine. But, Jill, you have yourself a great day, all right? You too. That was Mike Dandria from TV 13. We better get a few more chores done before we hear from Morgan. And Morgan McCarthy's in the newsroom. We are going to find out what's been going on with our local news. Good morning. 
Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We'll start with Russ County and a search underway for a missing woman with dementia as the sheriff's office is looking for 91-year-old Mary Lou Bisson. Deputies say she walked away from her home sometime between noon and 6 yesterday, last seeing a red windbreaker, black jeans, and the sheriff's is asking anyone who sees her or has information to call 911. As we look at other headlines that stretch across the state, it was back in the courts, and it sounded like this in Waukesha with opening arguments in Daryl Brooks' trial for the Dudley Waukesha Christmas parade attack. Those are set for this morning. The Waukesha County DA Susan Opper yesterday told the judge she wants Brooks to be able to question witnesses if he remains calm and respectful. We believe he should be given the opportunity after every witness to cross-examine. Even if he's in the other courtroom, we should at least make that inquiry unless it becomes absolutely uh, not an option because of his conduct. I would agree. Brooks, who's representing himself at trial, had to be removed from the courtroom multiple times during jury selection when he became disruptive. Also Wednesday, he requested a delay to await COVID test results, which the judge rejected. In other headlines, it's Wisconsin's Department of Justice that's laying out new guidelines for what's considered voter intimidation and threatening poll workers ahead of next month's election. The DOJ says you can't use or threaten force to get someone to vote or influence their vote. You also can't threaten poll workers with death or injury, cause a public panic, or interrupt the voting process. The DOJ says anyone who sees a person breaking these laws should call 911. While we look to headlines here in Eau Claire, where the city is talking tax hikes and a way to pay for more police officers, there was a listening session last night. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster talks a little bit about notes from what came from that session. The city hosted a listening session last night for its nearly $1.5 million referendum. Police Chief Matt Rocca says Eau Claire is growing, which means more 911 calls. That means his department needs more resources. The next listening session on the referendum is scheduled for two weeks from now. I'm John DeMaster. When it comes to the coolest thing made in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce and Johnson Financial Group announced some of the finalists moving on. If you want to cast your vote, you can see that list online. We have a click for you and an easy link when you make a pit stop first at 715newsroom.com. And a cat that wandered from its California home has been found. And you might imagine it's got a story to tell. At least a couple of lives on the journey to the gem state, right? Susan Moore was sure she would never see her brown tabby Harriet again when it disappeared from her ranch in Central California nine years ago. In September, Moore received a call from an Idaho animal shelter saying they had their cat. A worker told her she had scanned Harriet's microchip and found Moore's information. A good Samaritan found Harriet in Hayden and brought her to the shelter. One of the shelter volunteers, Maureen Wright, saw the tabby and wanted to adopt her. With Moore's blessing, Wright took Harriet home last weekend where she joined four dogs and four outdoor foster cats. Harriet has been renamed Isis after the Egyptian goddess. Nika Magalhis, NBC News Radio. And we all know there are plenty of cats in the barn. We go back to the barn with Jill Welke in your Midwest Farm Show. And that's right here on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to get into our markets. We have a few dates coming up, but we'll look at our markets first. We're going to head over to Barron Equity and hear from Amber. Fed cattle choice beef steers and heifers sold from $1.20 to $1.3850. Unfinished steers and heifers sold from $1.18 and down. Cow cows, the top 20% sold from $78 to $84, topping out at $85. 60% sold from $60 to $77. And the bottom 20% sold from $59 and down. Cow bulls sold from $75 to $108. Calves quality Holstein bull calves sold from $50 to $130. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 and down. Beef calves sold from $100 to $210. 
Our next sheep, goat, small animal, and beef sale is Saturday, October 15th at 10 a.m. If you have any questions, please contact Al at 608-477-5825. Thank you, and have a good day. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six. 57 degrees out there with temperatures going to be falling down. But it's time to hear from Market Manager Hutt Eman in Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the higher than choice beef steers and heifers 142 to 151. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 131 to 141. The Dairy Cross Steers, 130 to 144. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers, 133 to 140. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers, 122 to 132. With the Unfinished Steers, Heifers, and Heavy Steers, 121 and down. Cow Market Steady with the Highland Cow, 77 to 87. The Cutters and Utilities, 61 to 76. With the Low Yielding and Canner Cow, 60 cents and down. Bull Market Steady today with most bulls bringing 91 to 106 with a thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 90 cents and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing 80 to 130. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves, 230 to 380 with the light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday, October 6th for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale. Starting with dairy cattle at 12 noon, followed by feeder cattle at 12.30. This is Hot Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald on the line, ready to rock and roll with what happened up in Stratford. Well, Jill, and good morning to you. Uh, we'll get that right away, but first of all, I, uh, you got to let the folks know because you were uh, uh, at a lot of... Uh, uh, did a lot of trips yesterday, and I understand you bought some pumpkin. So, so we can we uh, be over to your house for pumpkin pie? Well, these are pretty pumpkins. They're not. Oh. For, they're not for pie. I actually, I prefer making squash pie. Oh, okay. Well, you just let us know, and we'll uh, we'll let the folks know they can stop in and have some pie by your house. So. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, we better do the market report, and we'll get at that right away. Jill, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Uh, summary from uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the feeder cattle sale from yesterday's auction. Lightweight beef steers yesterday, selling mostly from 150 up to 230. Heavier beef steers uh, selling in the range from 120 to 175. On the lightweight beef heifers yesterday, mostly from 140 to $2. Heavier beef heifers uh, from 110 to 160. Holstein feeders yesterday, lightweight Holsteins from uh, 112 to 130. Every Holstein steer is mostly from a dollar to a dollar 24. Now we'll get into the market portion of the sale yesterday on the cow market yesterday. Conventional type market cows. Higher yielding Holstein cows yesterday, uh, from 73 to 85. We had some very fancy high yielding beef cows sell from 85 to a top of 95. Uh, most of your average cows this week selling from 50 to 72. Thinner cows below 50. On the uh, fed cattle trade yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from 118 to 132. High-yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 132 to 138. Select grading cattle, underfinished cattle, 115 and below. Uh, Somewhere on the calf market from yesterday, good quality Holstein bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, selling mostly from 50 to 150. Uh, we did top this week so far at 175. Heifer calves, pretty limited demand on those, 30 and below. Beef calves, yesterday's auction from 150 to 300. And uh, beef calves have topped this week so far at 
Andy. Okay, uh, we are at Thursday already here at Stratford, so we are our Thursday auction uh, this morning gets underway at 11 o'clock. Full marketing day, of course, we sell uh, market cows today with the fed cattle and the bulls, and also uh, baby calves. That'll be about 12, 12.30 this afternoon. And just want to take a look at next week. Our next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. Our next hay auction will be next Tuesday. So, Jill, that's what we have for you this morning. You enjoy this day, and uh, we'll be back uh, talking to you tomorrow morning, or is Big Bob going to be back? Um, I'm just going to leave that up in the air because I really don't know. Oh, well, uh, being as dedicated as you are, I'm sure you'll show up. So we'll we'll just plan on talking to you tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'll be here. Whether I get to talk or not has remains to be seen. But um... Okay, well, in the meantime, enjoy the day, and I guess we got to... Uh, go out and get a heavier jacket on for tomorrow, I guess, huh? I just run around more. <laughs> well, you're young. You can do that. You know, us older people and to take it easy, you know. <laughs> I got to load up some cows tonight, so we'll be pushing um, and pulling. You'll be busy. All right, Joe. We'll you have a nice day, and thank you. You too. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to get into our last look at uh, market. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Then it's time to take a quick look at our calendar. Tonight, Section 2, Wisconsin FFA alumni for Section 2 members are going to be having their sectional meetings. That is tonight, October 6th at the Menominee High School at 7 o'clock tonight. So if you're a member of the Menominee or Section 2 um, alumni, FFA alumni, your sectional meeting is tonight at 7 o'clock at the Menominee High School. This weekend, there's the Kids and Cows Family Day on Saturday. That's at the Barron County Fairgrounds in Rice Lake. Registration starts at 7, runs till 9. They'll have educational workshops with a showmanship competition round and a breed show rounding out the day. You do not have to pre-register for that. And if you don't have a calf, you can show up, and they'll have some calves available. Down at World Dairy Expo today, that 7 o'clock starts the International Airshire Show with cows and groups. And also at 7 o'clock is the International Red and White Show, cows and groups. And at 1 o'clock today, the Holstein Show with heifers is going to start. And at 7 o'clock tonight, the audio that Bob had, the World Classic 22 sale of Holsteins is going to be happening tonight at 7 o'clock down at World Dairy Expo. We're going to roll over and see, take a look at our markets for our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December is at 682, down a penny and a half. Oats for December is at 399, down two and three quarters. Soybeans for November is at 1362, down seven cents. And wheat for December is at 984, down five and a half cents. Country elevator prices. Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 628. Baldwin, 623 and 1283. Duran, 613, 1273. Mondovi, 618 and 1283. Elmwood, 623 and 1288. Fall Creek is at 608 and 1258. Osseo is at 628 and 1288 for soybeans. Elk Mounds at 1281 for soybeans. Sparta is at 627 and 1274. Ellsworth is at 603 and 1258. And ethanol plants is 628 
And Boyceville is the only one that's reporting. Stanley and New Richmond, I didn't get any new numbers. And our dairy products barrels are at two twenty two and a quarter down a half a cent. Forty pound blocks are two oh two and a quarter down are up two and a quarter cents. Gray double A butters at three twenty four, up three cents. Class three melt for October's at twenty two eleven, down fifteen cents. November twenty one eighty four, up four cents. December up six cents to twenty one twenty nine. Our today we're supposed to be getting Staying pretty steady for the morning and with dropping temperatures. Right now we're at 57 degrees. Tonight dropping to 33. Tomorrow 48 is our high with a low of 29 at night. But Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're going to be heading back up close to the 60 degree mark and partly sunny. Good weather for moving cattle and getting stuff done outside. That's what I have for the farm show this morning. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Got a few more chores to do, and then that's a wrap for today. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at waxradio.com.